The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? You can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. Let's talk to your boxes. All right, we're here for day four of the lineup live. I've lost track. Yesterday, we thought it may have been our last lineup live. We went on yellow alert. I was a little unconvinced. So now we're on like super secret, double probation, yellow alert for a start tomorrow. But we're all gifted today because today we have none other than free surfer, searcher extraordinaire, Mason Ho and three-time world champion and patron saint of the search, Tom Curran, on the lineup live today. Round of applause, everybody. So we are live on Instagram. We are going to do uh, questions from the audience, both physical and digital at some point. So if you do have a question and you're watching on Instagram, send it through and we may read it out. So we were slightly late. Just a few seconds late, but Mace, you were out in the water at Lowers. What, what was the surf like? Surf was good. It was like it was bigger than that big door we got. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Should we be running tomorrow? What's your call? Um, oh, I have no call. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. But I think from what I'm hearing, I heard they want to run it tomorrow. But but I don't know. We always like to run, man. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. And Tom, how long have you been in town for? Um, see, I got here a couple of days ago, um, uh, surfed a little bit, uh, this morning at, uh, uppers. Awesome. And I saw you were, uh, it's a really special event because despite COVID and the pandemic, we did everything we could to bring all the world champs to town. And I saw you were hanging with Sean and Lisa and Tyler this morning. So it must be really cool for you to hang with a, a very, very exclusive group. Yes. Uh, uh, we got to the parking lot and, uh, the first person I saw was Sean there with uh, Debbie, uh, uh, who's a world champ as well. And so uh, it was nice. Um, I noticed that uh, pretty much nobody brought their boards down, too, because so, they thought it was going to run today. <laughs> so maybe, uh, you, know, uh, there, you know, there was that little window there to surf, uh, even if they did run, but they didn't end up running. So uh, I guess... It got pretty good this afternoon. So, Last time we talked, it was just around when Free Scub Scrubber premiered, and you were riding some wild equipment. What did you surf today at Uppers? Well, I have a twin fin that I've been working on with Britt Merrick at CI. Uh, so this is a, it's, I've tried it a little bit in Mexico more recently, and uh, it's just a good all-around board. Um, it's got a flatter rocker. Uh, so I don't... I'm not too sure how it's going to go out here. It's more for smaller, kind of uh, softer waves. Um, so uh, I guess I'll be testing that out uh, hopefully tomorrow a little bit, just uh, maybe at Alpers. Right on. Can't wait to see that. So this is the Rip Curl WSL Finals event. You're both Rip Curl team riders. We're here at the Rip Curl Surf Center in San Clemente. I'm a former Rip Curl shop employee. You're over here from Hawaii. The water's pretty cold. What, what wet suit are you running out there today, Mace? Out, out in the water today. Oh yeah. Um, I used the three two. I think it was an E six. They're stretchy. Yeah, no, that's that's what 
that's what I used as the test. I was like stretching all my suits that I had left. And I was like, okay, this one's the most stretchiest. Gotta take it. And, and Tom, your relationship with Rip Curl spans decades. When did you first uh, start working with them? Uh, the first time I started uh, on the team was in 1978. And uh, yeah, uh, it's a really great story. Anyway, for me, uh, because uh, Terry Fitzgerald, Chris Byrne, and uh, Doug Warbrick came through town in Santa Barbara, and they came to the shop. And uh, uh, being a 14-year-old kid was great to see those guys. Uh, and so because I was starting to do good in the contest, I got a free suit, you know, as a, uh, <laughs> and that's where it started. That's amazing. Awesome. The thing I love about uh, Rip Curl's program is that they don't pigeonhole people. They love to create like a balance of opposites, whether it's three-time world champ Tom Curran writing a 5'7 fireball fish at oversized Bawa, free-surfing wunderkind Mason Ho about to embark on the Challenger series, or three-time world champ Mick Fanning joining the search. Tom, for you, you were, again, the patron saint of the search. What was the first search trip that you ever went on? And how did that come to be? The first uh, search trip for me was uh, Jeffrey's Bay. Uh, it was my first uh, ever time at Jeffrey's Bay. And I was staying in France at the time. And uh, Derek Hind arranged to uh, get me a flight down there. And I got there just as the swell was starting to come up. And uh, we stayed there for about a month, I think, maybe maybe a little bit more. And, um, you know, I think there was maybe three or four swells and then in between the swells and just kind of uh, spending time in one place, like that was really nice too, but um, yeah. It was wonderful. <laughs> that, that, that famous, famous um, opening session for you at Jeffrey's Bay, there's been so much mythology built around it, but I do believe, and you can correct me on this, you were on a quad for that opening session. Nope, here it is. Lies. It was, <laughs> no, it's, uh, that was a three fin by Mark Rabbage. And uh, I, um, it was brand new board, though. I hadn't tried it yet. That's amazing. That's amazing. How, how do you remember how big that board was? Oh yeah, so that <laughs> board, I think it would have been at least six three. Nice. So, which is like way big nowadays, right? <laughs> um, and then I had a lot of six nine boards. You know, had like uh, uh, some amazing boards. Is that the the six nine you used in Santa Cruz and the U.S. Open one year? Or no, different one. Yes, different one? that okay. was yeah. <laughs> six nine was sort of a, a really good sort of a step up size it, it, for me. Like, you know, you had your regular size board would be around six three, or maybe just a bit under that, and then uh, the next board up would some you know maybe something in between. But six nine was a good Loose. kind of a jump. Yeah, and Mace, you are relatively recent. It was nineteen seventy eight. <laughs> Team member for Rip Curl. What was the first search trip that you went on? My first search trip? Oh, man. Um, 
I think it was in Tahiti, I think. And I was with you right before in Indonesia. And, and we weren't technically doing a search then, but we were searching around looking for surf all over Indonesia. And, but we were there for an event, and the event never ran. And uh, yeah, no, I got called to go on the search over in Tahiti and all the islands. And I remember Tom was helping me pack up. Or he's like, bring your biggest board and your smallest board. Because <laughs> I was trying to fit in all my normal ones. You know, or all like the, the yeah, my 5.8s and 5.9s. Yeah, he's like, bring the 6.10 and the 5.4. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting for both of you, right? Because you both are integral to this free surfing part of surfing, but also competitive surfing. You had an amazing amateur junior early QS career, and now you're coming back on the Challenger Series, Mace. How do you balance motivation for both, right? Because you have a ton of free surfing interests, a lot of video content, but also now the opportunity to qualify for the championship tour. Yeah, well, I just love any opportunity to go surf some waves, whether it's in Hawaii or California or yeah, on the, in the, on the Challenger, we're going to France and stuff, and that's always places I, I loved growing up watching. Like, Tom has a lot of roots in France, and so I always try and go over there and grow some roots or just try <laughs> as good as best I can. And, um, yeah, when they said I got invited to go do the Challenger series, I was like, oh, another chance to go surf and just go chase some more waves. So I, I was all excited to, to take it. Good outlook, and, and and Tom, uh, obviously that first search trip for you, surfing was in a wildly different place, both competitive surfing and free surfing. But what was your mindset like when you first went to J Bay? Were you had you kind of given up on competitive surfing for a period of time, or were you looking to do something different? What what was it like for you then? Um, let's see. Well, it was uh, it was about you know yes, I would kind of like. Uh, moving away from competitive surfing, it mm. was after I won the title in 1990. Yep. And um, yeah, it was uh, uh, it was it was it was really uh, amazing because uh, at that point, without competitive surfing as you know something to get ready for the following year and the following year, and to to sort of have that uh, just kind of like not doing that well, you have to have something and this was the timing was really uh great for me and uh, it you know it was we were filming and all that but it just was a really good time to reconnect with surfing and and point surfing um and i think also you know seeing how much surfing has changed a lot you know in those few years with the momentum crew was uh it was nice to just uh get more confidence in my surfing a little bit but you know it's Je jeffrey's is a little bit hard at first sure. and uh you know after a while you get used to it. So. it it's interesting when i started 16 years ago the president of the asp was bugs was wayne bartholomew who was the architect of the dream tour and he confided in me that it was largely inspired by what you were doing on those early search trips and saying that look like we shouldn't have such huge separation between how we're crowning our world champs and the waves we're putting them in. So that was sort of the idea behind the Dream Tour. And uh, hopefully it's continuing to carry on. You know, next year our schedules, Pipeline, Sunset Beach, Super Tubos, Bells, Margaret River, Garagegon, Lowers, Rio, 
Bay Tahiti. There, I did Very it. good. Yay. Yay, look at that. I wanted to know that, actually, that's great. So that's, that is great. And, and I mean, some of the tours that you did back in the day were like 16, 20 event tours. And now we've got five and five, and then the, the world title deciding event. I don't really have a question, but it's, I mean, do you, do you, or does it make you smile to see that competitive surfing's gone in that direction? Yes, um, I, I think, uh, I think it's, uh, well, surfing is, is, the reality is you, you kind of have to have a combination of both. Some events, they want to have an event and if, if you know, if they want to bring the, uh, the championship tour, and the waves are not the as like perfect as you want them. What do you do? Well, you go and compete too, I think. But the other events are, of course, so amazing to watch and and all that. Um, and the level just keeps uh, getting better and better. I think the events in this beach break kind of medium conditions are are also interesting because most people are surfing those kind of waves if they surf regularly so they can see and they kind of dream about what really is possible in the waves that they're dealing with every day too so totally i mean i think that was like a huge part of dane reynolds's appeal because he'd go out and surf two foot emma wood better than anyone ever imagined and you're like oh that's what's possible and similar to you mason the amount of video content you put out with different kinds of waves tricky waves rocky waves i think people just get inspired to be like anything can be served yeah they could relate huh <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about some of the spots you surf, but for sure, like anything can be surfed. Is that is that something that you guys seek out when you look for video content? Yeah, I mean, I love finding a wave that doesn't look like your normal wave. Like any sort of splashing that's out of place or a rock usually causes that splashing. So yeah, I end up, end up by some rocks, and and I like waves that backwash and hit each other and. Yeah, or if it's just a normal perfect wave, but maybe the color of the water is a little different, not your average just blue. That, that's like the dream. I haven't really found too much. In Australia, you could get greener waves, and maybe in Mexico, they get a little more like earthy color, like brownish green, but I don't know. I want to find a purple one one day. <laughs> Early on in your career, Mace, you, like pretty much every surfer, took a crack at the qualifying series challenging and that was back when we had a really two-tier system right we had the the qs events and the ct events and now we've got this middle tier with the challenger series which you're competing in this year uh this year it's huntington beach arisera hasagor and it's finishing at haleva next year the challenger series is snapper rocks in may sydney i'm gonna screw this up now uh Belido, huntington beach arisera hasagor piha and haleva Wow. much more appealing than your traditional sort of QS legs, right? For, yeah. for someone like you. Did that, do the venues play a huge part in your totally. motivation? Yeah. Well, well, I grew up doing, when I was doing the qualifying tour or the tour to qualify for the big one, um, it, it was like a whole year. It'd take a year and I forget exactly how many. You'd have maybe 20 events or 30 or 40 even. Sure. You, could, you could pick your 10 or 7 or 5, I think it was at one point. And... Um, yeah, when I was just kind of used to doing the whole year, you know, and you wait a full year to see if you make the cut. But um, when I heard about this one, I was like, wait, there's only four or five events to, to determine who, who makes the cut? 
and I was like, that sounds like I dreamed of that when I was younger. So, <laughs> so when I had the chance to go try, I was like, yeah, okay. I, like that definitely got me to go it was just how sweet and short it looked all right in a row. And the waves were nice and everything. It seemed like you guys did it all sweet. We're trying. Well, and there's so many surfers, both on the men's and women's side throughout history who are elite caliber surfers who surf in an elite way at very high level premium waves that are found on the championship tour. But waves are a finite commodity, right? So running qualifying series events, they're not always the best conditions. Do you think that your surfing's more suited towards CT style venues? Um, I mean, I don't really know what my surfing's suited for, really. I'm still trying to figure that one out, but I, I don't know, something about when I, when I go and run around or when I get on that, when I get like a slot, say into the big event, I just feel like, oh, it's like home, you know? Like mm -hmm. I almost feel like, oh, I'm meant to be here. Even though maybe I'm not, or I've tried forever and never got there. But when I'm with all those guys, or it just feels like, um, I just feel really comfortable. Like, oh, this is easy and or it's not easy, but I just feel like, oh, this is peaceful. But then when I go on that qualifying one, I feel like this other gear start turning where I'm just like, I'm almost ahead of myself a bit sometimes on the qualifying one. But um, it, it feels fun. I, I, it's hard to shake it because I'll just go out and always try to have fun. And, and then, yeah, then maybe I won't do good. And I'm like, well, I ain't changing nothing. I'll be back <laughs> next time and trying to have more fun. <laughs> so when you run the table on this year's Challenger Series event and you find yourself a bona fide championship tour member at Pipeline in January, which of those 10 events are you most looking forward to surf? Probably pipeline or sunset. <laughs> One and two, man. That's gonna set you up perfect. Yeah, that's that's another reason why I went for it. I, I just seen once I kept wanting to do it. I'm like, hey, this looks good. That looks good. And then I looked at the next year, what how you guys have the tour laid out, and I was like, oh, sunset pipe. I gotta try getting those. So I'll, I'll fly wherever and just give it a shot. So we are here at the world title deciding Rip Curl WSL finals. It's the first time that we have taken the best five men and the best five women from the season, put them in a premium venue with a linear competition format to compete for the world title. Huge departure from how things happened in your day, Tom. What are you most looking forward to about this event? Um, well, uh, this, uh, I'm really looking forward to the best two out of three system. Mm. I like That's that. I think it's great because if you, know, if you happen to you know, uh, your wax wasn't right, you do get another. And so it also makes it exciting to the potential to come back uh, at being down one. So I think yep. that's great. Yeah. And you guys have been around for a couple of days. Who's been, have you seen any of the final five out in the water? Who's been standing out to you from a performance side of things? Have you seen anyone out there? No, no. <laughs> not no at your spots. Yeah. No one's around. <laughs> They're not around. I don't know where they are. Yeah. Mace, what about you? Was anyone out there today that impressed you? Today? I don't think any of the... the somehow when I went out, I was actually trying to time it. I was trying to find <laughs> the window with none of them out there. But um, there was like a nice window when, when there was none out there that I got. But I did see... Who did I see? I seen someone rip one before I went out. I think it was Carissa this morning. Oh, yeah. I think Carissa had a good one. And, and then when I got home, I checked the camera, and I think Stephanie... Got a nice one too. I seen the white wetsuit. Yep, and that's a giveaway. Yeah, so I was like, and then I also seen some really nice goofy footer, goofy foot surfing. I couldn't tell if it was, 
Gabby or Italo or who it was, but, but I think it was one of them because it was pretty crazy looking. It's quite the men's and women's fields, right? So at this event, we do the linear format. The fifth seed serves against the fourth seed, the winner serves against the third seed, the winner serves against the second seed, and then the winner of that, to Tom's point, meets the number one seed for the best two out of three for the world title. So it's just two out of three just on for the, the final, right? That's right, so, yeah. So it's on, Morgan and Connor. Morgan like and Connor, one heat. Pressure's on. That's right. Okay, that's yeah. really interesting. So on the women's side, we've got Joanne DeFay, Stephanie Gilmore, Sally Fitzgibbons, Tatiana Weston-Webb, Chris Moore. And on the men's side, we have Morgan Sibilic, Connor Coffin, Felipe Toledo, Italo Ferreira, and Gabriel Medina. I'm going to put you both on the spot. Who is your pick, men's and women's, for the title? You first, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, look, uh, I don't really have a pick, but I will say that the winds coming out of the northwest like that are going to create these left uh, ramp situations. So I think that's one thing. Might be narrowing it to the the goofy footers a little bit, but um, and then between the two goofy footers, hard to say. Uh, I would say that uh, well, Italo's riding Patterson board. Patterson's from San Clemente. So all these things sort of factor in, but uh, you know, I don't, I actually think, I mean, me, I would like to see Connor win it, but uh, you know, he's coming from the, but it's, it's a single elimination to get to the final. So I, I guess that anything's possible. So that's great. Yeah, totally. Mace, what about you? So oh, the women's side. Oh, sorry, excuse sorry. me. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, the, same thing. I would say the goofy footer. Tatiana. Might be favorable. Is there mm. only one goofy foot? On the Is women's Tatiana? side, yeah. yeah. Well, it, might, it might turn into an, uh, a factor there, being faced into those lefts with the wind. Yeah. Could, be, it could be something there. Interesting. It's hard to, it's really hard to uh, pick anything, any, any. They're all so amazing, right? They're all able to, um, you know, just deliver uh, and that's why they're that's why they're there. So they're they're all able to do it for yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean the girls one for me, it's kind of a, it's like a not easy pick, but, but I like I like to pick Carissa for for that one. I I like all they all surf good all the girls, but I think just with Carissa waiting there, that's gonna be so hard to beat her. And I think maybe she has like a little vibe going. I feel like that. Um, just after winning the gold mm. at the Olympics. Yep. It's almost like this world title is like a big fat bonus for mm. her. And usually when you're thinking like that, it, it gets pretty dangerous for the other people. When you're just like, ah, I don't really care, but really you've been tuned to just care. What most. you want to have happen with, if you're surfing against any of these, you want to have them say, wow, I'm having a bad day. Oh, my board's not working. Oh, but that's just not the case. They're all happy and they're like, wow, the waves are fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to, once they get to that point, then off they go, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. That's yeah. different from back in your day too. I think people were a little more aggressive on that. For real. <laughs> what about on the men's side, Mace? Who's your pick? So, oh, the men's side, that's the really hard one for me to pick because because I would love to see Connor win as well. And Morgan, they're just two 
cool new rip my team riders you know yep. and they're just like kind of the underdog vibe because they're they're lower on the whatever that would be called the seed list yep. maybe or, that works yeah so i mean it's gonna be so hard to beat gabby just waiting right there because he's he's just like a machine of surfing and good surfing so i would say maybe his odds are the best just because he's up there waiting and then italo's such a good surfer too and he's just a freak of nature and he could do anything you know so it's going to be really cool to maybe see them two battle it out if they do and then also felipe's really good out there he could i could yeah see him doing well and i don't know it's just it's hard to pick it's with a all good field guys. man yeah yeah well I, i'm glad you brought that up because because you both being elite caliber surfers i'm genuinely interested in this discussion that's been going on specifically between Idolo and Gabriel, because Idolo is probably, I'll guesstimate, 5'8", 140 pounds. Gabby's probably 6 foot, 175 pounds. In the conditions that we're going to have at lowers, which is probably head high to overhead, does size matter um, in a competition like this between, let's just use them to as proxy. Do you think Gabby has an advantage because he's physically bigger? Well, I mean, if I was going to say anything... I feel like sometimes Italo brings like this dynamite, like a little dynamite vibe where he looks, he like, when he surfs, he looks a little bigger than he is. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes when he surfs, he does, are you, sometimes when I watch Gabby and Italo surf, I could see the size difference. Like Gabby just looks bigger and stronger and the cleaner, the surfing's nice, you know, a lot better than Italo's. And then some days I'll see them show up and Italo's like, I don't know, has some dynamite in his backpack or something, <laughs> and he's just like ripping, and everything looks bigger and crazy. And then Gabby will kind of his size, I don't know, it's weird. I'll just see his size kind of hurt him a right. bit, you know? And then I'll see Italo it working that smaller size. So with the waves doing what they're going to do, I have no clue. I don't really know it that well out there. I think Tom would have the better answer. I think it was, yeah, I, I, I I can think of one thing is that the wave looks bigger when Italo's riding it. So they was thinking, this is a bigger wave. Right. He, yeah. he <laughs> helps. But the, the chances of them getting knocked off because of the side chop, either one is, is very low. And I think maybe Medina has an advantage if it's a little bump on the, on the wave. Got it. Yeah. So before we go to audience questions, after the Rip Curl WSL Finals wraps, we know that you're heading to Huntington Beach, but what are your plans for the rest of 2021? Where are you going to be? Do you got projects you're working on? Tom? Uh, well, uh, mostly going to be around uh, California, waiting to get invited to go surf somewhere, probably, you know, next time. Um, and I would like to be here for the winter season. And then I had a couple gigs coming up, uh, uh, which is which is fun. Um, playing with my son Patrick and very cool. couple gigs, uh, but pretty quiet at the moment, actually. Do you think we're gonna have a good winter for waves in California? <laughs> I'm asking. I want to know. <laughs> uh, well, um, I haven't really. Thought about it <laughs> like that at all? I you know was hoping, but well, I hope uh, you. I was just hoping you were going to tell me it's going to be great. I was hoping we get a nice El Nino. Yeah, that'd be nice. But I haven't seen any of the 
signs. I haven't looked in the. It's always this, but it's a sign. On the, you know, the commentary on any of that yeah. at all. So I don't know. I know the water's really cold today, though. It's really cold today. <laughs> Mace, what about you? What do you got going on for the rest of you? I mean, besides, yeah, doing the U.S. Open and stuff, we we got this. Um, we have like a private screening for this project I've been working on uh, about my friend that grew up homeless, Sheldon Paishan. So um, that's my next little project is we're trying to get that thing out. We're, we're having this, yeah, like a private sc screening at the casino up the road, and we're trying to invite all the correct people and maybe sell the thing try to bump into the hbo or netflix person guy or girl <laughs> but um yeah we're just trying to we're trying to sell this project that we've been working on and it's been a lot of fun just because my friend he's he's super funny and and i thought he was always i thought like there would be no way to ever capture how funny he is and um how, and how talented he is and then we just started trying, and then eventually we kind of like caught him in a couple moments, and then we caught him in one big moment when Rip Curl made him cry, like super happy cry. So, so when we when that happened, I was like, okay, we gotta make a proper project on my friend. And then so that's what I've been up to. Well, you're in luck because the lineup is the number one listened to surfing podcast at HBO. What? So they're probably HBO? they're probably they're probably blowing your phone up right now to be like, how do I get there? HBO, hit me up. It's, um, wait, can I tell my number? Yeah, give him your number. And also, I've got some questions Instagram. about the final season of Game of Thrones. But you deal with Mason first, and then we'll have our conversation. Hit us up, please. We'll, just, just we'll watch see you this at thing. the premiere. Give me three minutes of your time. I'll make you cry and laugh. <laughs> All right, so before we go to the online questions, we've got a, a pretty robust crowd here at Rip Curl Surf Center San Clemente. Same phone number as when I was there in the 90s. Anyone got a question for Mason or Tom in the audience before we go online? Don't be shy, come on. No. Okay, all right, oh, okay. I've, I've given you handed a, a note card. They're too kind. They're too kind, you guys are too good. All right, so we have had people writing in during the, uh, during the uh, podcast. First question is from at jax.mitchell. Mason, what keeps you so frothy after all these years of traveling and surfing? This guy. Tom. <laughs> Tom and my dad and my uncle. I, had a couple, I have a couple really um, awesome people to look up to, and I get lucky and I get to get close to them sometimes so it's it's easy to like it's easy to soak it up but but it's hard to like actually study it and know it <laughs> thanks me yeah tom. all right next question is for tom it is from noah purrington who asks have you ever surfed blindfolded and if not would you I have actually. <laughs> what were? You, please tell us. The so story. this was in an event, and uh, it was uh, so we're taking blind kids out to surf, and um, and so as part of the the day, you say, hey, okay, we'll try surfing blind, you know, and uh, it was in you know very small waves, uh, you know. It's just, uh, you, you see uh, Derek, uh, the blind surfer from Brazil. Yep. Yeah. You see what he does. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I have. But it was, it was you know, obviously, 
nearly impossible in little tiny waves. So right. Yeah. What about you, Max? Blindfolded? Yeah. Hmm. I don't want to say no, but <laughs> I don't think I served blindfolded. <laughs> a couple times lately, my hair just flops over my eyes. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that look, you know? And I used to see, I never really have long hair too often, you know? But I used to see all the guys kind of wipe their hair out of their eyes. And I'd be like, ha, ha, ha. And then now I do it. I wipe my hair out of my eyes. I'm like, oh, no, I'm that guy. I got to get it. trim it up. All right, this question is from at ripcurl underscore USA. That's suspect. Um, <laughs> what's Tom and Mason's favorite wave that you've surfed together? So question for both of you. What's your favorite session with Tom? And Tom, what's been your favorite session with Mason? Mine would maybe be with Japan. I got some fun surfs with him in Japan. And then we got really good food before and after. So I, mean, I don't know what, what it was, but. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good. Um, I would have to say sunset a couple of days out there. It wasn't deep, that, that good, but we, you know, it wasn't very crowded. That was the cool thing. I remember so we, that day. You, you got like this really nice barrel. Uh, the only reason I remember that, I remember one of these days I surfed sunset with you and um, I just know this because my friend filmed it and I watched the clip about 20 times now, but you, my dad and my uncle were sitting on the beach and they were kind of just talking to each other, like half teasing people, half like uh, praising people, half, half. And then Tom was paddling for this wave. My uncle Derek's like, how does Tom expect to catch that wave on that board that he's on? I seen what he's up to out there. How does he think? And then my dad's like, yeah, you know, it's Tom. You better just, let's just sit here and watch. Yeah, and, then, and then Tom got this big crazy wave and you took off behind the peak and then as you did it uncle Derek's like like i think you're going he's like no is this him is this and you took off and they're both like oh he did it and they're like cheering for him <laughs> and then but not only that you took off and you got barreled right off the bat it was like a big tall barrel out at sunset you usually you only pull in on the inside yeah but you pulled in off the start and then you came out you did a nice carve and then you came to the inside and and got like a barrel on the inside and did a carve again and the whole time it was just funny because my uncle Derek's like, no, he's not going to, oh, he did a turn. Oh, he's not going to get, oh, he got barreled. <laughs> then my dad was like, yeah. And they were just both screaming and cheering. And, and yeah, I remember I was like, oh, that was a really cool moment, I thought. Nice work, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you got me right when you said that. I was like, oh, let me, oh, I got a story. Yeah, it was, yeah, we had yeah, a couple of days out there. Yeah. And on the small board, the, huh? yeah. on the small board. Guys, this has been really fun. I really appreciate you coming on the lineup. Tom, I look forward to catching up with you very soon. Mason, good luck in the Challenger Series. Another round of applause for Mason and Tom. And we remain on yellow alert for possible, probable start in the next coming days at the Rip Curl WSL Finals at Lowers. Do not miss it. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot.